Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's here. His Spirit is here. Presence is here. And in His presence, we're changed. When you soak in His presence, things remain in you afterwards. You know, Moses was in the presence of God for 40 days and nights. And when he came down off of that mountain, now he's away from the presence of God. But they said his face shined. So much so that it scared people. They made him put a cloth over his head. But the point is, when you've been in the presence of the Lord, you absorb that presence and that glory. In that goodness. And then after you're away from that experience, it lingers on. You retain. Amen. And you can go in that grace. And you can go in that strength. But you don't want to go very long until you come back and wait on the Lord some more. Or you can be like something that the batteries ran out on. (laughs) Because you are not a self-generating unit. (laughs) you get your power from the source. Amen. From Him who never runs out. Glory to God. And they that wait on the Lord, they'll what? Renew. Renew their strength. Thank you, Lord. And then they'll mount up on wings like eagles. They'll run. Not not be weary. That's right. That's right. They'll walk and and they won't faint and fall out. Glory. Does it pay to praise the Lord? Wait on the Lord. Worship Him. You know we we live in a busy busy flesh filled world, don't we? And it's so easy to become preoccupied with. Every little thing and a lot of things you think big things are really little things. Nothing to them. You know, uh, it just helps you uh, to on a regular basis just stop and, and ask yourself this thing that I'm dealing with. Who will care about it a thousand years from now? <laughs> and that will help you get things in perspective because the things that matter will still matter a thousand years from now too. And why would we be getting all worked up over something that nobody will remember next year? Much less next millennium. (laughs) And we are going to be around for a long, 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 long time. Not in this body. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) We're going to graduate out of here before too long. Then the Lord's going to fix our body. No, you didn't hear me. I said he's going (laughs) to. All the stuff you don't like, you're getting rid of. (laughs) People say, well, I don't like my body. When he gets through with it, you're going to be ecstatic. No, I don't want this when I'm throwing it away. No, Jesus has bought and paid for this one. And he's, even if this one dies before he comes back, he's raising this. 
He's raising this back up. And he's glorifying it. And when the glory of God gets through changing you on an atomic level. No more flaws. No more weaknesses. No more wrinkles. No more pain. No more junk. You talk about looking good. You are going to look so good. And I'm going to look so good. And the people that's already gone to heaven, a lot of them, we have never seen them, even remotely like they will look to us the next time we see them. Because a lot of them were older by the time we were old enough to know them and see them. We never saw them when they were 18. Now, they will be at their best glorified. And you will, and I will, and we may just say for the first thousand years, man, you look good. You go, whoo, you look good too. Wow, we look good. <laughs> and not only do we look good, we feel good. And we feel good all the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> and then we'll turn around and go, oh, now, Jesus looks good. He, we look good, but he, he really looks good. And we will be in awe of him and the Father and all that he has for us throughout the ages. But what about here and now? What about until then? Has the Lord graced us? Has he given us what we've needed? Do we, do we really have enough? To sustain us through walking through the valley of the shadow of death? Hmm? Has he given us enough? Has he done for us what it takes? Because there are devils down here. And there's curse in the earth. Right? And there's people that are selfish and mean. And there's all kind of stuff going around. I mean, there's enough germs in the air right now to kill all of us 20 times over. Huh? And there's enough junk in everything, even even the best stuff you can find. There's enough stuff in there to kill you. And there's crazy drivers on the road, and and there, you know, there's stuff all over the place. This world is a very dangerous place. <laughs> but isn't it great to know that I am and you are not alone? We are not alone. Somebody say, I am not alone. Now, when we say, and you say, you are not alone, you need to understand that means in every part of your life, at every time of your life, in every season of your life, you are not alone. Jesus, you know, said that when all the disciples ran off and left him, he told them, he said, you all going to leave me tonight. And he was physically left alone. And he said, yet I am not alone. Because the Father who sent me is with me. And he was aware that even though all his human companions ran off confused and bewildered. 
And they're not just wondering about what's going on. They're wondering about him. They were having second thoughts. They thought, we thought he was the one. But look at this. How can this be happening if he was the one? You remember the two disciples after he raised from the dead? They told him, we thought he was the one. Well, he was. And he is. But even when those closest to him were, you know, unhooked and going away, he said, I am not alone. I want you to say it out loud, I'm not alone. I, I know folks are going through some things. And people are having some situations in their life. And it can feel lonely and it can feel, you can feel weak. But I want you to know it is very, very temporary. Oh, come on, somebody needs to say that. All the junk you're experiencing, all the discomfort, huh? any lack, any pain, say it out loud, it is very, very temporary. Hmm? Can I prove it to you in the Bible? Go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians and the 4th chapter. Is this okay this evening? I didn't know we were going this way till just right now. But here we go. Thank you, Lord. We believe in being led around here, don't we? Well, we might as well practice it. <laughs> Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. He said in verse 13, We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Same spirit of faith as who? There's just one Holy Spirit. Just one God. One Holy Spirit. The same spirit that empowered and quickened Moses lives in you. The same spirit that came on Elijah is the one that comes on you. Do you believe that or not? The same Spirit that hovered and moved over the face of the deep when God created everything, that's the Spirit that hovers over you in your bed at night and comes on you in your chair in the living room, fills up the car with you, going down the road. The same Holy Spirit. Oh, a fella could preach in here tonight. (laughs) The the same. (laughs) Same Holy Spirit. That was on Jesus. As he preached and taught and healed everybody that came to it. Is in this church. And in our services. Now, he, he manifests to varying degrees according to how much we desire him to and how much we believe him to. And you see people receiving miracles in his ministry 
And we need to remind ourselves of who they were and where they were. Think of the Syrophoenician woman. Think of the woman with the issue of blood. Think of all these people. I mean, they had not gone to Bible school. They didn't even have a New Testament to read. Most of them couldn't read anyway. Back before the printing press. Back before all the school system development and all that kind of thing. They just heard about Jesus. They heard that people had been healed. They heard that people had been delivered. And in their simplicity, they just believed if they could get close to him, they'd get some too. (laughs) And they did. And that same spirit of faith is with us and on us. You don't have to be able to quote half the Bible. You don't have to be able to explain Greek and Hebrew words. What you do have to do is just in simple faith. So I believe that what he's done for others, he is doing for me. I'm just going to go ahead and get happy about it before I see anything, before I feel anything, because that's how faith does. And that spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. That spirit of faith is the unconquerable, undefeatable spirit. Look look back up in the earlier part of the passage. You can see that very plainly here. That spirit of faith that he was talking about, he was referring to it in verse 8. He said... Actually, the words in italics are added by the translators. They're not there. But he just said it like this. Troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Huh? Now, if you got the same spirit of faith, you talk the same way. Hmm? Symptoms, but not done. Huh? Bills, but not over. Attacked, but not defeated. Some stuff I don't know, but I'm not giving up. Come on, do you have that same spirit of faith in you when you read in Hebrews chapter 11 and you read about Noah and you read about Enoch and you read about Abraham and all these guys? That's what they had. They they were looking at symptoms and they were looking at things, things that were seeming impossible and they said, yeah, but God said. Yeah, but God said. I know I'm 99 years old and Sarah's 90, but he told me I'd have children like the stars of the sky, and I believe it. Yeah, but you're old. Yeah, but I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, but she's bare, and that don't make any difference. We're talking about God said something here. The Almighty said something to us. Say it out loud. I got the same spirit. Same spirit of faith. 
Yeah, but you got all this and this happened and that happened. Yeah, but we will still come out. I don't have to know how. Yeah, but all this has happened. And they said that. And they said they never want to see your face anymore. And they said, uh, yeah, but. I am not giving up. And I am not defeated. And I am not destroyed. And I will hold on to my God. And I will expect this thing to turn around. I don't have to know how. You don't have to know how when you know who. Woo! Hey! (laughs) How you know you got the same spirit of faith? Because faith is the victory. And when you got victory, you're happy. You got joy. That joy is your strength. You're not depressed. You're not giving up. You're not quitting. Even though it looks like everybody else says quit. Everybody else says, well, it's over. No, it ain't over. If God says it's not over. Look in verse 16. For which cause we what? We faint not. We don't faint. It's against our religion. (laughs) We are the non-fainting branch of the body of Christ. That's us. That's what faith people are. They are the non-fainters. I'm against it. You against it? Say I'm against fainting. I'm against fainting. It's against my religion. Is it yours? But though our outward man perish. Now I know you don't like the sound of that. But that's just how it is. You are another day older. And the Lord tarries is coming. You're going to get older yet. And when you're 95. It's not going to be like it was when you were 16. You're not going to look the same. And you're not going to move quite the same. Now you don't have to be incapacitated. But you will be older. Hmm? And this body is not going to last down here forever. It is wearing out. You will peak like a flower in bloom. And then you know what happens to flowers after that. (laughs) That's your body's immediate future. Not its eternal future. We've already talked about that. But that is its immediate future. So it is perishing. Yet. Aren't you glad that's not the end of the sentence? Yet. That's the outward man. But I'm not just a body. You're not just a body. There's a lot more to us than a body. You're sitting there right now looking at me through those two windows we call eyes. I don't really see you. I see the house you live in. You're, back, you're behind those eyes. You're in there. And if you lost your body right now, we didn't lose you. You'd have to leave the planet. Because you can't stay here without an earth suit. Just like you can't stay on the moon without a space suit. You can't stay here. You lose your earth suit, you got to go. You're out of here. But if you're saved, that's just fine with you. Huh? Because you're going to a better place. 
So much better. So much better. But there's so much more to you and I than bodies. This is just the house we live in temporarily on the earth. He goes on to say, though the outward man perishes, the inward man is what? Renewed day by day. Now here's some good news, saints. Inside the real us, we are no older as far as aging than the day we were born again. Nor will we ever be. We're maturing, we're developing, we're not getting old. And we never will. God himself is not old. People have an idea of God on the throne. Long white beard. Old. You're thinking about decay. God is light. And he is life. And there is no death. And decay in him. And you're his child. Created in his likeness. And in his image. Mm -mm. And this body is aging. And going through some changes. But on the inside. You have not aged as far as wearing out one hour since you were born again. You just get better. And here's even better news. After this life, you just keep getting better and better and better throughout the ages. Where do we end up just like him? That's what we are called and predestined to. Come on, have you read it? To be conformed to His image just like Him. Glory to God. Glory to God. What a glorious future. Keep reading. Verse 17. For our light affliction which is but for a moment. Now he's talking about every bad thing that can happen to you in this life. He refers to it as light affliction that is for a moment. Now I want to, I want to say that if, if it takes another 50 times until we get this in our heads. All the junk you've ever been through or going through or can possibly go through in, in perspective of your future and your call, it is momentary light affliction. Well, it didn't seem like momentary light. You ain't experienced the rest of what's coming yet. Because when you do, you'll look back and go, ah, that was nothing. That was nothing. <laughs> oh, you might be crying about it now. But when you look back, you'll go, wow. And if we had enough faith to believe the word of God in the middle of our tears, we'd rise up in that same spirit of faith and say, this is momentary light affliction. I'm not going to let myself be moved by this. Momentary. Yeah, but it's sorrow. It's pain. Yeah, but it's this. Momentary. Light affliction. Yeah, but they've been mean to me. Momentary. Light affliction. 
Yeah, but all the bills and all the stuff. Momentary. Light. 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 Just light stuff. (laughs) Heard you was having some trouble, brother. Just light stuff. And momentary. (laughs) That's our word for tonight. Come on, help me out. That's it. Oh, sister, heard you were really going through some stuff. Ah, momentary light. Just some light, momentary. Huh? You believe that? So other scripture said it's not even worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in our future. He said it works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, momentary. Oh, I need to prance around and holler until we get this tonight. So don't, don't, don't turn me off and don't be looking for something else. We're here. Amen. This is it. Momentary. Light affliction. Light affliction. Light affliction. I know uh, I had some good instructors when I was uh, 10 years old. My dad put me in a school of martial arts. I was getting beat up too much at school. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Came in one day, beat up for the nth time. Of course, there was some good reasons why. <laughs> now, see, you jumped to some conclusions on that. <laughs> I was outnumbered for one. Sometimes it was three or four or five to one on one. And uh, my dad said, boy, we got to do something with you. And, and so... Uh, for years, I, I trained in that, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I thought that's what I'd do until the Lord got a hold of my, uh, my life and showed me he had a different plan. I'm so thankful he had another plan. And, uh, but in sparring and fighting, uh, one of the first times I got hit, I think I was about 10 years old, and a 13, uh, hit hard, a 13-year-old guy kicked me in the ribs, kicked me down. Lost my breath. Couldn't breathe for a while. Felt like those ribs were broken. And when he did, I went, oh, and I bent over and I rolled over. And my instructor, boy, he pounced up and he was by my side in a few seconds. He said, that encourages your opponent. I thought, what? It hurts. That's what it does. It hurts. <laughs> he said, you just told him. That he was completely successful with his technique. And that you are discouraged and don't want to fight anymore. I thought, that's exactly right. (laughs) That is exactly right. I'm fully discouraged. (laughs) And uh, he said, don't encourage him. Even if your opponent gets a blow in on you, don't let him see it. Don't let him know it. Hmm? What does that mean? And later on, in, in, in sparring and fighting at some higher levels, I saw that was very effective. 
They were out there was fighting this one guy, and he was pretty good. And man, he got in on me, and he nailed me. And he, he gave it everything he had. I knew that he did. And I, oh, I felt it. But I was able to make, compose myself, and I just wiped, I wiped my mouth like that. And I looked at him like, is that all? <laughs> and I just saw the color go out of his face because that was everything he had. <laughs> and I was doing everything I could not to go, oh! <laughs> but... It did help me tremendously because if you ever seen fighting, whether it's boxing or anything else, if a guy gets a cut on his eye, what does the other guy do for the rest of the fight? He, he goes for that spot, doesn't he? He goes for that spot. Well, that's good counsel for the enemy of your soul because he works the same way. If you let him know that he got to you, it encourages him to keep doing the same thing. But if you could have the strength and the presence of mind, and the Lord will help us with this, that even when the enemy has hit you with a hard one, hmm, and you feel like throwing up your hands and crying and giving up, what do you need to do? Come on, help me out. What do you need to do? What do you need to do? You need to get up and go, huh, did somebody hit me or was that something just brushed me what was that oh you're trying to hurt me devil is that all you got right hmm? because he has been stripped he has been defeated he has been brought to naught and been put under your feet and greater is he that's in you and me than he that's in the world come on do you believe it So no matter what he's able to do, you know, the Lord told us when we first started this church, he said, give me all the glory and give the devil none. That means if the devil's able to pull off something, we will give him zero free advertising. Nothing. We won't even tell it. That just encourages him. When you tell how bad it is, it it, it, uh, thrills the devil. He's like, tell it again. Yeah, tell how I hurt you. Tell how I messed you up. Tell how I ruined your life. Why? Because he, when you're telling it, somebody else is listening to it, and he wants to go to them and tell them you're next. And use what's coming out of your mouth to put fear in them. Don't give him any satisfaction. Don't give him any free advertising. How many Christians in this house do not want to advertise for the devil? No. No. Even if he's able to pull something off, what do you do? Light affliction. Momentary. Temporary. Come on, say it out loud. Momentary. Temporary. Light. Just just light stuff. Now I know it doesn't always feel light. I know it doesn't always look light. But if the Lord says it's light, he's right. Hmm? He's, God's right. His word is right. If he says it's light, it's light. That's what it is. And we're going to say what he says. And oh, you'll be amazed. I, th- this has helped me so much. If you focus on the problem and you think about how bad it is and you talk about how bad it is and you listen to other people talk about how bad it is, it just 
it just consumes you. And you lose your joy, and you lose your peace, and you become weaker and weaker and weaker. Tell me what is your strength? The joy of the Lord is your strength. In order to have joy, you got to be thinking and talking about the right thing. The good news. The good report. Hmm? The glorious future. And you got to minimize what's going on. Well, yeah, but they said that ugly thing about me. Light affliction. Hmm? You know, who are they and what do their words mean? When they speak, how much of the world pays attention? Why should I be taking it so seriously? Hmm? Light, light. When they said this about me, it was just so mean. Yeah, and you just being a whiny baby. Quit being such a little baby. Grow up. Be the man of God. Be the woman of God. You're supposed to be. Have some strength. Have some courage. Right? The Bible said endure hardness as a good soldier. Endure hardness. What does that mean? That means there'll be some stuff that's not so easy. But can you endure it? Can you? Didn't you like that testimony we heard about those soldiers that had that explosive device go off? They're looking for him, thinks he's in bad shape. He says, nah, it's just a bad haircut. <laughs> that, nah. Who got the glory out of that? Come on. Not the enemy, not the devil, not the explosive device. None of that. God. We, we're over here in Branson shouting about something that happened on the other side of the world to somebody we haven't met personally. Why? Giving God the glory. Giving God the glory. Aren't we? Giving Him the glory. That was meant to kill them. It was meant to, to kill every one of them. Destroy them. The devil tried. Hmm? He tried. And you can cringe and go, ooh, ooh, ooh. It was a big bad bomb. Ooh, what a mean enemy. Ooh, what a bad devil. Ooh, you talk like that a little while, you will want to crawl under the bed and never come out. (laughs) And your actions and the mentality is not just fear. It is lack of faith that your God is big enough to protect you. There is no place geographically, in any building, in any state, in any structure, there is no place on this earth safe, completely safe, except for the presence of the Lord. Come on, in the, under the shadow of the Almighty, under His wings. And if you're there, then it doesn't matter where you are geographically or economically. Come on. He can keep you anywhere. 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 Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, our great and good God. Thank you, Lord. In in the fifth chapter, just down a few uh, verses later in the seventh verse, he he affirms this. We talk about it 
You've heard it quoted many times. How do we walk? We walk by faith. And not by sight. That's how we can say, ah, light, affliction. Now people that are walking by sight, their eyes are big and go, ain't nothing light about that. Because they're looking at the wrong thing. They're looking at things seen. We're looking at something else. They're comparing it with what they know and what they can do. We're comparing it with what God is. Hmm? Go to James, please. Can you take a few minutes more? James, first chapter. James chapter 1, verse 2. Brethren, you may get depressed. Hmm? You may cry when you fall into different temptations and trials because sometimes it's just hard. Huh? And sometimes we try the best we can and do all we know to do, but, you know, all of us have bad days and, and off days and we're only human. You say that in most churches and you'll get 50. Amen. <laughs> Sad but true. Ain't that the truth? No, it ain't the truth. It's not the Bible. Now, if you want to believe that, you want to be that way, then you'll be like unsaved people. Even if you're a saved person, you'll experience the same kind of life. Things will get you down. They will drag you down. You will stay defeated. But the joy of the Lord... Is it possible to be strong through anything? Through attack? Through loved ones and friends going home to be with the Lord before you do? Huh? Through financial pressure? Hmm? Physical issues? Is it possible in any situation to be joyous? It is. But if you live by feelings, you won't be that way. Read that verse again. What did it say? My brethren, do what? Count it all. Huh? Count it all. Feel the joy. <laughs> uh-uh. Huh? No, he didn't say feel the joy. Count it all joy. Now, if it always felt like joy, looked like joy, you wouldn't have to count it. <laughs> joy. But, oh, friend, when you learn how to do this, even when you're hurting, even when you're tempted to cry, even when things have really been pulling on you, if you have to take some toothpicks and prop up the corners of your mouth, and people go, what are you happy about? You go, I'm counting it some joy. Amen. Well, man, it's bad. No, we counting it joy. Amen. It's bad. It's counting it, counting it joy. Amen. Why? Come on, verse 3. Knowing something. That's why we can count it joy. Because we know it's temporary. We know it's momentary. We know compared to what we got working in us, it's light affliction. Light affliction. Hmm? I got a few people with me. I wish the rest of the folks would just come right on in and believe this. But if you go, 
Yeah, but preacher, you don't know what I'm dealing with. Yeah, and you're not listening. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This is for people that are really dealing with serious stuff. This is what you do. Now, you can argue and you can think nobody understands your case and you can be miserable the rest of your life. Or, or you can do something that most of the world does not do. You can cast your cares on the Lord. You can refuse to fear. You can refuse to be down no matter what kind of symptoms or circumstances you're dealing with. And you can count it all joy. Count it joy. And just praise God like you're having a party. Not because you feel like it because a lot of times you won't. Not because you look like it because a lot of times you won't. Hmm? But you can put it on. This is put it on. I'm quoting scripture. Anybody know I'm quoting scripture? Putting on the new man. Putting off this depression and death. That's part of the old. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. Called to life. Liberty. Keep reading. He said knowing this. That the trying of your faith works patience. Doesn't always happen in a day or two. Doesn't always happen in a week or two or a month or even a year. But verse 4. Let patience have her perfect work. We're not waiting to see if anything's going to happen. We're standing persisting confident. That this has to change. And let it have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire wanting Nothing. You stand like that and believe like that and count it joy and shout when everybody else is crying. Oh, you want to see it all come to pass just in a day or two, a week or two. But if you'll just hold on to that, the Lord will work for you and do things for you until when it's all said and done. When it's all finished up and the dust is cleared, you'll be standing there with your answer, with your miracle. And when people ask you, how about it? You go, man, I don't lack anything. I, don't, I got it. I got everything I wanted and more. I want for nothing. But if you're going to cry, you're going to feel sorry for yourself, and you're going to be down, and you're going to tell other people, well, you just don't understand what I'm going through. Go to 1 Corinthians 10. First Corinthians 10 and verse 13. What does it say? 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is what? Common to man. You know everything you're going through is common stuff. (laughs) Now see, your pride don't like that. Your pride likes to sing the blues and go, nobody knows. What I've been through. Nobody. Nobody. Why? Because you got special problems. Because you're so special. 
because you're different. I guess I'm just different from a, actually you're not. When you're talking about these kind of things, you are the same. But see, these are dangerous lies to believe. Because if you believe, yeah, but I'm different and I, I guess I'll just deal with things different and my situation is different, then what got the victory for other people won't get it for you in your mind. And you can just be special and different and defeated for years. I'd rather be common and free. How about you? I'd rather be the same and delivered. Yeah. Amen. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hold your place there in 1 Corinthians 10. Put up 1 Peter uh, 8, 5 and 8. 1 Peter 5 and 8 on the screen. I'm coming back to 1 Corinthians 10. He said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about devouring anybody he wants to. Huh? Because he is a big, bad dude. Hmm? If he wants to tear up your life, nothing you can do but cry. No, he's seeking who? Aren't you glad for this little three-letter word that's right there? M-A-Y. He's seeking whom he may. And when he comes into your life with all like a bull in a china shop and all the commotion and all the symptoms and all the junk, really what he's asking is, may I devour you? (laughs) Now, he'd never say that, and he don't want you to know that, but he's asking for permission. And if you throw up your hands and go, oh, he's killing me. Then he goes, that's it. I got it. That's it. And he comes right on in and finishes the job. Oh, I'm not going to make it. That's all he needs. Oh, there's no way. Nobody knows. Yeah, he knows. He knows he can mess up your life now. There's nothing hindering him. Nothing stopping him. But no matter how loud. Now when a lion roars, that will get your attention. Won't it? Didn't say he was one. Said he comes in like one. He does a good lion imitation. (laughs) But Jesus declawed him. You know that? What does it mean? He stripped him. He stripped him, stripped, declawed. But if you'll believe it, your own fear will work against yourself. Seeking whom he may devour. But when when you hear the roaring and the shaking and all the stuff going on, it's time not to throw up your hands and go, oh, it's too late. Oh, what's happening? It's time to jump up and go, no. No, not in my life you don't. No, you don't. I resist you. You can't do this in my house. You can't do this in my body. You can't do this in my finances. You can't. I resist you. Get out. In the name of Jesus, stop it. And get out. 
And I mean fully expect it to happen. Is that what the scripture says? Verse 9 is exactly what it says. Resist him what? That means you can't just do it one time or twice and then do something else after that. You've got to keep doing the same thing. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that what? The same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Everybody say same stuff. See, everybody is dealing with the same stuff. I, it's packaged a little differently. It's a little different color, a little different shade, a little different approach, but it's the same stuff. Yes. You, me, people try to talk about, well, you know, our kids today, we never had to deal with stuff like that. Oh, yes, we did. Sure we did. It might be a different name. It might be a different, you know, form of temptation. There's, there was temptation a thousand years ago. That's right. And before that, don't believe these lies. Because again, people want to think, well, yeah, but my kids are different. And their situation is different today. No, it's not. Same devil, same flesh, same God, same word. Just because there's some computers around, didn't change any of that. Don't believe these lies. Because they will make you vulnerable to defeat. Because you'll believe, yeah, you know, I, I could make it, but I don't know that they can because they got stuff to deal with I didn't have to deal with. No, 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 no. Don't you believe that, John? Lies. Peer pressure is peer pressure. Temptation is temptation. Flesh is flesh. Wanting to do something you know you shouldn't do? Same thing since thousands of years ago. Huh? Same thing. No, 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 don't believe these lies. Well, we live in a different world today, and it's just so hard. No, it's the same. I'm not getting full agreement on that. Did you read the scripture? Huh? Read verse 9 again. Knowing, is something you ought to know, that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Same stuff. Same light, temporary, momentary stuff. The Spirit of the Lord is just helping us to say it in different ways. Don't magnify the junk. Don't magnify the devil. Don't magnify the sin. Magnify the greater one that's within. Right? Magnify the joy. Magnify the victory. Look back in 1 Corinthians. I I think we can close. Verse 13, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. It doesn't matter what you have experienced, what you have been going through, how hard it has seemed, how dark, how dreary, how bleak. Millions of other people have and are experiencing exactly the same thing. That's the truth. Here's the good news. God is faithful. Come on, somebody say, God is faithful. Let's say it together. God is faithful. Now see, that'll get you on the right track, won't you? I mean, your joy begins to bubble up and you. 
begins to brighten up. It's so hard. No, don't say that. God is faithful. I just don't see any way in the world. Don't say that again. Say this. God is faithful. Yeah, but I hurt so bad and I've cried so long. Don't say it again. Say God is faithful. God is faithful. God is fa- He's very specific. Faithful to do what? He is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. But will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now that's King James. And it's a little challenging with our modern vernacular. And so much junk has been preached about this verse until people, so many don't read it right. They read that and some of they get out of there that says God won't put more on you than you can stand. That's not in there. He didn't say that. God's not our problem. Never has been. Hmm? If God wanted to load you, all he'd have to do is not help us. Just leave us alone and we'd go tilt and be overloaded and splat. God's not trying to put stuff on us. He's not into putting stuff on us business. No. He is faithful. What? He will not suffer. Suffer means allow. He won't allow you to be tempted above that you're able. He won't allow it. Read it. Come on. Let the religious stuff go away and read what it says. This is good news. Amen. Yes, it is. You know, I, I used to be a fighter. So, I, I again, back to that. I sit like this. If there's an opponent in the ring with me, I know I can beat him. Because if he was too big and bad for me to beat, God wouldn't have let him get in the ring. (laughs) Which just keeps you happy all the time. Because every time you see any kind of problem or issue, that's why you can count it all joy. When it shows up, you go, I can whoop you. I know it. Because you wouldn't be here if I couldn't whoop you. I can win. I know it. But now see, the devil's a liar. He'll come situation after situation. He'll say, this is too much for you. You can't handle this. This is just overwhelming. This is incapacitating. This is too much for you. He's saying this verse is a lie. Just like he told Eve, you will not surely die. He's a liar. He's saying, no, God has allowed stuff into your life that you cannot handle. That is too much for you. And this is going to destroy you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Somebody needs to holler, lie. Lie. It's a lie. If it's in my life, I can pow, pow, pow. I can kick it down. I can do it in. Why? Not just by myself with his help. But if it's in my life, I know he would not have allowed it. Come on, read it again. He won't suffer. He won't allow you to be tempted above your able. But will with the temptation, he will always make a way to escape. There's a way out. There's a way over. There's a way through. 
And he always. Oh, you, you need to read it. Some folks don't know that scripture. Go to 1 Corinthians. You're, you're right there close by in the 15th chapter. 1 Corinthians 15. End of the chapter. Paul is talking about standing by a graveside. He's talking about looking death in the face. What people would call the darkest day of somebody's life, of somebody that they care about and love. Listen how he talks about it. He said, verse 55, 1 Corinthians 15, 55, O death! Where is your sting? I don't feel you. I'm feeling no sting. Oh, I wish somebody would help me out with this. Man, this is, this is flat sassy, isn't it? Grave! Where's your victory? I don't see your victory. Where's your victory? See, the devil says, oh, they're dead. They're dead. This is it. You go, no, it ain't. No, it ain't. This body, this body will rise again. And the one I love is not even here right now. They're not in that body. They're not in that box. They're not in the ground. They're out of here. They're in heaven. They're in glory with the Lord. Death, you had not won anything. You have not won anything because my big brother is the one who took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And he beats you too. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. Where's your victory? You ain't got no victory. Come on, can you see? You're counting it all joy. Huh? You got this great, big, ugly opponent. You got death in the other corner. You got this and you're, you're dancing around. Going, I don't see nothing. Where? Bring it up. Where are you? Where are you? He goes, boom. And you go, that? You call that a punch? You call that a punch? And when you count it all joy. Oh, it doesn't all just change overnight, but you let patience have its perfect. Will you just keep on doing that, keep on doing that, keep on doing that? Will God show up? Is He faithful? Will He show you what to do? Will He come through for you? Will He strengthen you? Will He turn it around? And before it's all said and done, you will be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. He went on to say, you know, where is your sting, death? Grave, where is your victory? Sting of death is sin. Strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God, who gives me the victory. And 2 Corinthians, just a couple of pages over, 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 14 he said it again. What did he say? Now thanks. Thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. People say, boy, that smells good. What are you wearing? It's essence of victory. Don't you like it? 
It does smell good. How many know victory is sweet? And it smells good. And friends, when we are never down, we are never depressed. We are never defeated no matter what's going on in our life. When we come into the room, we bring in the sweet smell with us. It's not necessarily a smell that you can smell with your nose, but it is very real spiritually. And it can have the same kind of effect as smelling salts. People are depressed and they're down, about down for the count, and they break the salts out on them, you know. Well, you can come in, everybody else is crying and dejected and giving up and talking negative, and you come floating in talking about, He always causes us to triumph. God is bigger than anything, anywhere. Greater is He. That smell comes in with you. And it just helps pick people up off the floor. And you're supposed to take that with you everywhere you go, to school, to the grocery store, come on, on the job, at, at, in the Walmart, everywhere you go, you, you, you're supposed to come something wafting in with you. And people just look at you, whether they know all about it or not, they look at you and they see victory, and they hear victory, and they smell victory. Come on, stand on your feet, everybody say it out loud. Everybody said out loud, thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph. Say it again, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands. Oh, Lord, we praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Victory is mine. Victory is mine.